0: Hello everyone, I'm Jim Cowan, Director of the Chickasha Economic Development Council and the President of Chick-fil-A Chamber of Commerce and w- welcome to the Chamber, Chickasha Chamber podcast. Uh, we may shorten all of that to Chick Chat or uh, some kind of catchy hashtag, but for right now we're going to do a podcast and we're, we're in a series of talking with different people regarding Chickasha possibly doing uh, a TIF district. Um, and Many of you may know, but just basically when I look at the definition of a TIF or a tax increment financing um, from the State Department of Commerce, their definition is a TIF is a public tool that reallocates newly generated tax dollars for up to 25 years for supporting development or redevelopment in certain limited areas of city, town, or county. A lot of how a city implements a TIF is dictated, mandated by the, by the state. Uh, so there's certain rules how things are done, uh, but basically um, tax increment financing is used to help generate private development projects through funding by tax dollars for public improvements and other eligible project cost. I've done a couple of these podcasts now and there's just, there's a lot to understand. Luckily today, uh, our guest is Keith Johnson, City Manager for the City of Chickasha. Keith, welcome. Before we dive into all this tax increment financing, tell us a little bit about yourself. You've been here in Chickasha about a year now,
1: right? I just started uh, a little over one year ago. I started the first of November of last year, and uh, we love it. We're loving my. I say we, my family. Uh, We moved here in part uh, pursuing an opportunity in Chickasha, but also because my uh, six grandkids lived in Yukon close by, and we were looking for an opportunity to to get closer to them. But since that time, my son and his wife recently moved over here from Colorado Springs. They're now residents of Chickasha, uh, so we just love it here and are having a great time. I've spent uh, well over 30 years in my professional career largely in public service. Uh, did some work for the state of Oklahoma back in the late 1990s, uh, and uh, spent actually most of my career in the Pacific Northwest, where I'm originally from, but we consider Oklahoma our second home, and uh, now our our first home, and we're we're delighted to be here. There's so much good happening here in the city of Chickasha, wonderful people, wonderful community. Uh, enormous opportunity and upside potential to to really make the city stand out and, and be the, the shining star that it uh, continues to be.
0: I think it's a great story and a great testament to Chickasha and what's going on that your son wanted to move from Colorado to here. And this is probably more of a subject for another podcast, <laughs> but uh, I believe that's a lot of what we're trying to do is, is make Chickasha a community where people want to move to and they can live in today's world. They can live in a lot of different places as long as they have good internet and right. we're working on making it better. Um, but but the whole point is as we grow our community, you know, we need young people wanting to live in Chickasha, Oklahoma. So yeah, great exactly. story.
1: Yeah, we, we found uh, a, a lot of a, a reason to be here, uh, recognizing that there is a significant need to, to improve. And what we're gonna be talking today, largely around infrastructure and the, the needs for improving. Uh, You know, modern infrastructure like technology and uh, broadband access for citizens, but uh, more basic than that, water and sewer and uh, utility infrastructure, we just do not have the current capacity to uh, properly serve our current community, and in anticipation of the the growth that could occur, we need to have the the facilities in place to to make sure that uh, when people do move here, they've got those basic infrastructure needs met.
0: Well, along those lines, you know, gosh, it's hard to believe you've been here a year. It seemed like it was just yesterday. For you, maybe it seemed like you've been here 10 years. Not sure. But uh, over the past you know, year that you've been here, what do you see are some of the biggest challenges facing our city? And maybe it's kind of what you just kind of you know, mentioned.
1: Right. It is, uh, in large part, having the, the city services in place. The infrastructure is a key one. Uh, obviously, uh through the the summer as we prepared for the development of a new water treatment plan. That process is probably a a three-year horizon. We've got the money set aside through a a loan from the Oklahoma Water Resources Board. The citizens of the community voted that they would prefer to increase their sales taxes just a little bit rather than increase their water utility rates uh, dramatically. And so we we have the funding in place now to, to move forward. We're in the design phase of that new water treatment plant, there's a lot of questions that we're going to have to answer as to what kind of technology we use, how much of the existing water plant we can uh, repurpose or reuse, uh, water supply from Fort Cobb or other sources, just a a whole myriad of questions that we probably ought to put into another podcast or some other format uh, down the road. But having said that, uh, just the recognition that we have some very significant basic Uh, infrastructure needs. Uh, Many people are familiar, and I'll just throw out one example, Uh, familiar with the the Great Wolf Lodge water parks that are, uh, there's 20 some around the United States and Canada. They were interested in coming to Chickasha and putting in a a water uh, park out by uh, the Turnpike and uh, Highway 62 we just simply said we don't have the infrastructure in place to supply the water our water line doesn't go out that far and uh i can't say that they would have committed or that we uh, had a done deal had we had the water supply i wouldn't go that far but i would say it stopped negotiations and the conversation because we simply didn't have the infrastructure in place to uh, expand and and and, uh, invite them here Uh, but at a more basic level in our downtown area uh, we have s- several uh, multiple story buildings that the second and third fourth floors don't have adequate fire suppression uh, they don't have we don't have the water pressure or we may not even have the the pipes in place to to put in a sprinkler system should we develop some of those uh, those uh, buildings downtown and uh, we know throughout the city there are places where our fire hydrants don't have adequate flow or pressure to properly suppress a fire. We have an outstanding fire department. The men and women in uh, the Chickasha Fire Department are uh, top of the line. They do a, a great job, but they cannot do their jobs well if we don't have basic uh, services uh, in our community to, uh, to meet basic uh, health and safety kinds of issues. Uh, we know our law enforcement community, our, our city police department is seriously understaffed. We are doing a lot to recruit. Uh, We've got some offers on the table for some new recruits, so we think we're making some headway there. We just uh, hired last week a new uh, deputy chief uh, in our police department who brings a wealth of experience to the table and we think is going to help us both on the law enforcement side as well as the recruiting side of bringing new officers in. So we're doing a lot, but we also recognize that we've got some real challenges ahead of us, and we're ready for that task of, of taking it on.
0: Well and and again you've only been here a year and so to to have so many of these challenges become rise so high on the priority list in your first 12 months right. you know that's that's a lot to face but all we can do is is you know attack them and do the best we can exactly. with what we got right yeah
1: and i feel right now that the city council is is united you know they're they they don't uh, pass every resolution unanimously there's split votes but uh, they seem united on wanting to improve the city and provide those resources and uh, make a development of, uh, from a commercial and uh, retail standpoint, uh, improve, make this a better community to to live, work, and raise a family, those values that you described earlier. So I I think uh, our relationship with the business community through the Economic Development Council and the Chamber of Commerce, uh, other Boards and commissions that that serve the service groups uh, in the city. We have a good relationship with them and uh, a united front in wanting to to improve. We've got disagreements. We've got areas where we need to communicate better. We need to be more transparent. Uh, There's always a need to improve uh, when we're using public funds, the ability for the public to see how their their tax dollars are being spent. Uh, So we take that as a, a serious challenge and a priority. To make sure that uh, that we're doing that and i I think having this conversation on a podcast here helps us get information out to the community so that questions can be answered and the dialogue can can continue Uh, obviously we have a limited staff and limited time to to do some of the things i would like to see us do improving our website and our ability to be more proactive at getting information out communicating more through direct contact with folks um, but we've uh, we've done a lot in the last year to, to already try to improve that.
0: Yeah, been a busy 12 months. It's been a very busy 12 months. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about where the city is as we speak. We're here we are just a few days before Thanksgiving um, with the TIF process. Yeah. Um, I've been to the council that had the, the work session. I've tried to be at as many city council meetings as possible, but just kind of tell me where we are and how, how the process is right now for the city sure. of Chickasha.
1: Yeah, we, we've we known, I I recognize, and I, and I can't say that, I don't take credit for acknowledging the needs for uh, better and additional infrastructure in the city. That was certainly a topic when I was hired and uh, has been a topic of discussion in various form, forums since then. Uh, last spring, I want to say it was February, March timeframe, you and I and others spoke about The possibility of looking at ways to generate additional revenue specifically for some of these needed infrastructure projects and through that discussion the idea of a tax increment finance district or a TIF uh came out of that whoever's it was it was an idea that we we soon uh, believed was an idea worth considering Um, that's not to say that we are already down the road and have committed to uh, creating one or more tax increment financing districts uh, we think it's a good idea but I'll kind of lay out the process so that people understand where we are today and where we anticipate being uh, soon down the road um, but a tax increment finance, financing district requires certain things under state law to be created one of which is the creation of a review committee and that review committee is essentially created by city councils it's a 10 member review committee seven of whom are uh, named basically by state law. They represent, for example, a member of the city council. In this case, it's going to be Zach Grayson who's representing the city. But the county will have a a representative at the table. The Chickasha School District will have a representative. The uh, EMS, the Chickasha, or excuse me, the uh, Canadian Valley Technology Center. Uh, And I know I'm missing out a few, but... uh, basically all of the taxing districts each will have a representative on this review committee and there in addition to those seven that are named there's three that are considered at large Uh, they will be brought forward by the the city council members to to be voted upon by the the remaining members of that committee to be added to the committee
0: and this Uh, was this 10-person committee That's mandated by the state of Oklahoma, correct? So you mentioned the sixth. The seventh one may be someone that represents the retail industry. Yeah,
1: that's actually one of the three at-large positions is required to have some connection uh, to the retail community. They could be a business owner. They could be a a significant manager or department head within a retail space, but they have to have some credential regarding their, their retail background and can represent that's their purpose is to represent that community uh, so it's a very broad base uh, representation on that committee and they then go through the process of looking at uh, maps of the city identifying where it might make sense to create a TIF district what area of impact the additional revenues that per- potentially are generated where those will be used and for what projects and that's, that's a little separate area than, it doesn't have to be the same area as the TIF district. You can have the, the TIF district where the money is generated and then the uh, area in which the money has to be spent. And state law governs how you do that. Uh, so there's gonna be broad impact from uh, a number of different representatives on that committee. I, I would also need to point out, going back to the transparency question, is making sure that we know that the public is going to be allowed to participate in those committee meetings. Perhaps not everyone, they could have some executive session level where they need to discuss. But by and large, those will be public meetings in which the public will be able to observe what is being discussed. And certainly uh, what the committee decides ultimately is a recommendation to city council. And then city council is the one ultimately responsible for adopting a TIF and creating those those boundaries for it. So the members of the public will have an opportunity to... to convey their uh, questions, their ideas, and so forth directly to City Council as well as to the, to the review committee. So it is a pretty open and transparent process. There's not any one person or small group of people that can make decisions independent of the others. It's a very democratic process in which this uh, this this comes together. Um, and so where we are right now is we're formulating that committee. The, the City Council adopted a resolution that said, yes, let's form this committee. And so we're identifying those members of the represented organizations, taxing districts, and uh, not all of those have been named yet. So it would be premature for me at this juncture to say who those people are. I know who a few of them are, but I don't know all 10 members yet. Sure. And that will play out over the
0: next few weeks. So part of what you're saying is that although the the council has approved forming the committee. There's still a lot of work to be done. There's a lot of research to be done just for the committee to be able to make any kind of recommendations to the council. Right? So yeah. we're not looking at a decision being made by
1: city council on TIF for, I don't know, will it be several months? It will probably be at least a few months. Okay. Yeah. We would have liked to have had this, um, move on a little faster track, but we recognized, uh, through some public comment that maybe we were moving a little too fast. Um, So we've had some additional work sessions with city council and explanations as we've uh, hired a consultant and legal representation to guide us. Um, So yeah, I I don't expect a a decision or a a formal plan to be adopted for for some time. As a staff with our community development uh, folks, uh, Rachel Burnish and others, we have looked at parcels and maps of what we might think might be the initial proposal but there's no decisions being made and we recognize this is all subject to a lot of question and answer and, and dialogue and debate down the road for example uh, as we look out on the east side of town uh, when you're looking at a TIF district you want to find those parcels that have the greatest potential for improving value because that's that's really the benefit to a tax increment finance district is you're looking at the incremental value of the property as it sits today versus what it sits after the the, the TIF is implemented uh, oklahoma state owns some agricultural land on the east side of town we don't anticipate them selling that land or developing it into apartments or houses or commercial buildings they use that for agricultural research we anticipate that that will continue Now that's not a a foregone conclusion that would be part of the discussion but we would anticipate that that would not be included in a tax district because there's really not a uh, an upside uh, increment of value that we uh, we would attach to that parcel at this point now if something changes we'll certainly include that in the discussion but as you look more at downtown we recognize uh, the mid first bank building other Mm -hmm. buildings that are vacant or have been vacant There's a significant upside in potential value of those places if we can get developers to come in and uh, establish businesses and uh, uses in those facilities. Um, As I mentioned, the the city in its uh, inability to fully fund all of that infrastructure up front, we're looking at a, a TIF as a potential means of getting some of that incremental value now to put in some of that infrastructure so that businesses will be desirous to come to downtown right. and, and grow and it's not just downtown it's all along the 62 corridor uh, we have questions about how fourth street gets developed and uh, the the ninth and grand area which was subject to an earlier TIF that has since expired uh there are other parts of of the city of chickasha that we have to consider as we move forward with this so it's, it's a complex issue with a lot of moving parts but our focus right now is, is primarily on the, on the downtown and 62 corridor uh, areas of, of where, the, where we think the maximum upside potential is that w- makes a, a TIF make sense to us.
0: So from what I understand, uh, this committee will make recommendations to the council, and so the, the ultimate decision-making is done by city council. Correct. Okay. And so um, the boundaries of the TIF district, you know, I'm, the information will go to this committee, but then the committee decides: yes, no. Let's add this, take this off, whatever. Uh, the length of the TIFF. yes, because uh, TIFs can be, I think, up to twenty-five up years. Up to twenty-five years. But not all TIFs are twenty-five years. No,
1: it could be shorter than. Okay. That. Yeah.
0: Uh, and there's pros and cons associated with it exactly. if you go forward. Um, and some of what I'm doing right now is we have asked for questions from from citizens and comment. Sure. You know, we so we want to try to address these. Um, and so I'm I'm not. Not paying attention to you, but no, I want no, to make fine. sure that I'm asking some of these questions. But that's some of the things that you know. How long does it go on for? So when a TIF district, when the TIF district expires, and you have businesses there producing sales tax, does the city, if the if the TIF's over, does the city now benefit?
1: Yeah, let me back up just a little bit because um, the way sales taxes and ad valorem or property taxes uh, are paid. Uh, there's, there's a concern that taxing districts uh, fear losing out. And that's, that's something that I think needs to be addressed now or early in the process. The way it works is you establish a base value, and that's what's the, the taxable value of that property today or what's their sales tax uh, payments today. Those sales and property taxes will continue to flow to those taxing districts as they are. Nothing changes there. That's the,
0: the, the word increment, right? Yeah,
1: what what flows directly to the, to the city in this case for infrastructure improvements would be the increment in value or increment in taxes that are paid as a result of improved value. Um, the difference would be if there was no TIF, any increase in, or increment in that value would then just flow n- normally to the taxing districts under existing state and local law. This allows those funds to be... Uh, Diverted specifically for those infrastructure type projects that we're talking about, and then at the end of that TIF, it reverts back to its normal taxation uh, circumstances under state law. So the thing to consider is for up to 25 years, and I'll just I'll just use the school district as an example because they're one taxing district that would be affected and obviously, most people are concerned about funding for our schools. So they would, they would miss out, realistically, for that period of time on the increment of the, the taxes generated, not on the base value of the tax. That's still theirs and still gets it. In the process of this committee discussion and the recommendation to city council, they can negotiate and discuss what impact, if any, on the school district would have with the, with the TIF in place. And then at the end of the TIF district, that goes away and it, 100% of their authorized revenues go to them. The, the question then becomes, do we think that having a TIF district is going to expedite the development of properties in the, in the increment district? Or would we say that increase in value is just going to happen organically? We have learned frankly, in Chickasha and many other cities in in Oklahoma that are using this mechanism, is that that development doesn't necessarily happen organically, just on its own through time. That's part of why downtown is in the condition it's in, is we have neglected, in in some regard, the ability to uh, improve and maintain basic infrastructure. And this provides an incentive for the developer to come in and build a business, in downtown or wherever that increment district is so that uh, it happens with an incentive as opposed to just waiting on time and organically to, to grow. That's that's the uniqueness of a tax increment financing district. Is You, you are diverting some, some future revenues, but without that incentive, that development wouldn't occur. And that, that's really a basic premise of the TIF and a legal requirement is that you have to establish that but for the TIF you wouldn't have that development occurring. And so that, that's a step in the process that I hope helps people understand that uh, that this is not a one-sided transaction, that this ultimately will uh, go to the benefit of our schools and the Canadian Valley Technology Center, uh, the, the hospital and uh, emergency services district, the, uh, the county, all of those other entities that are impacted uh, through this process that's why they have a seat at the table and that's why it's important for people to understand that this is a long-term approach to trying to to deal with somewhat of a short-term problem of the, the needs that we have right now i hope that's, no, that's not too long-winded of an no explanation, I, I
0: but but you know the thing about it uh, this whole TIF thing, it's there's a lot to lot there, and that yeah. that's one of the reasons why we're doing these podcasts is trying to get it's hard to get that much information that you just said out in a city council meeting, right. you know, right. and so that's why we're using this format. Uh, we'll also, I have some questions, and if sure. you're okay, I want to kind of get to these are just Absolutely. some questions we have from citizens, some social media, uh, and it says, have you made contact or arrangements with the superintendents of both or either? Chicksha Public Schools or the Canadian Valley Career Tech regarding discussion as to their specific funding, regardless of the Oklahoma State Department of Education funding formula or any state or federal
1: educational programs. I, I would say for the most part, yes, we have reached out and made contact with them. we're We're kind of early in that process. Uh, right now, we're just asking for who their representatives are going to be on this committee. But we have recognized that in that process, they're going to have to address those questions. That's, that's part of what the review committee's task is, is to make sure that our school district is not, uh, and Canadian Valley is not negatively affected, that their revenues that they expect are uh, still coming to them, and uh, future revenues, we make sure that we're not penalizing them for participating in this. Okay but yes, very there it's absolutely yeah. they're a central part yeah. of the the discussion.
0: Have you prepared or considered verbiage to guarantee there is zero impact regarding any ad valorem reduction or withholding of funding from any TIF areas improvements, regardless of the area under consideration? If so, have you submitted this verbiage to either the superintendent of the above mentioned schools for clarification protections, confirmations? that these school indies will not lose any annual ad valorem tax-generated income, nor be penalized in any way from possible taxes which would normally be gained due to development with or without TIF project under the Local Development Act. There's a lot here. That's
1: that's a great question. There's a lot to unpack there. And certainly the school district and others will not be penalized for that. Um, I, I can't. Guarantee and wouldn't because of the way a TIF operates, that they that that some of their revenue is deferred in a sense. Um, I would point out that if we don't have development, then there are really are no additional costs to that taxing district. If there's no no people that demand services, um, that's one way of looking at it. But yes, I, I th- for the TIF period, they would receive less revenue than they would otherwise if that same level of development occurred at the same rate, which the purpose of the TIF is to speed up that development. So it's not a apples-to-apples apples comparison. Mm-hmm. Uh, one could say that the taxing districts don't receive as much revenue, but that only presumes that the level of development happens organically on its own, which we don't believe is the case. So okay. that, that's... that's the, and i i don't want to speak too much of saying i'm in favor of a tiff I'm, I'm still a little bit guarded uh, i want to these these kinds of questions are great questions we have a lot more uh, questions to answer and i want to make sure that they're answered properly but uh, they uh they are not a end-all do-all they don't solve all of our problems but it is a tool a mechanism a tool, tool we want in the toolbox to help chickasha grow and prosper and develop and so i think it it merits a a very serious consideration. So this question
0: actually came up in one of the other podcasts, um, and all of these will be available um, for everybody to take in, but municipalities um, in the state of Oklahoma, I've heard that you're somewhat limited in what tools you can use to spur economic development. Uh, Obviously we're talking about a TIF, so TIF's one of them, but, um, what are you aware of in terms of like if we didn't do a TIF,
1: are there five other things we could do instead there really are some limited options uh the the state has what's called the leverage act Mm -hmm. which allows us to use state sales tax dollars or dollars that would otherwise just go to the state back in the local community by using a TIF to uh, generate uh, some of the revenue that we're expecting so it kind of opens the door to using other tools Uh, we've done some downtown development grants through the economic development council and the chicago industrial authority those have been helpful but they're not at the scale that we're talking about to really do this kind of development the city spends you know covid were off years where we weren't spending much in the way of capital improvements but five six million dollars a year in streets and water and sewer Uh, infrastructure Uh, we think this could generate uh, that where we could maybe double that amount or or close to it and uh, really get ahead of some of our our infrastructure needs Um, so the, the the tools that we have are are not many but a lot of it's just depending on trying to attract new businesses here and whatever mechanism you can use to do that is is the focus of what the Economic Development Council is all about and what City Council is uh, keenly focused on. The Leverage Act
0: that you mentioned through the State Department of Commerce, that is only triggered if there's a local TIF. Correct. Okay, so uh, I know in one of the other podcasts we talked with Chet Hitt who would like to see this hotel at the fairgrounds and if there's a TIFF in place then the Leverage Act could help a private developer do something that might not be able to be done otherwise. Um, so, um, it's, it's, it's a very helpful thing, but yet the city can make a developer aware of it or the EDC can, but it's still the city. It's almost like you got handcuffs on and it says you don't get any ad valorem tax. The city doesn't, Correct. you get sales tax and you kind of live or die by sales tax. And so from when I came back, to Chick Shane 2020, that was one of the things that I was challenged with is that we've got to grow the city's budget to be able to do things like more improvements on roads and infrastructure. And that's done through the general fund, you know, but uh, that's why sales tax is so important. But the other thing, I'm going to wear my chamber hat for a minute is when sales tax is up, to me, that means all of our local businesses are, their businesses up. We need, we want them to have, be in a thriving economy right. here in Chickasha.
1: Yeah, it's a bit of a unique challenge. Uh, certainly, uh, when sales taxes are up is an indicator that uh, the retail businesses are doing better. Uh, and as you mentioned, the city is entirely dependent upon sales tax revenues to to uh, just meet our basic operating needs, let alone our, our capital, other infrastructure type needs. That is a... A discussion for another day, perhaps. <laughs> uh, it has been debated in the legislature uh, many times and will continue to be. Cities throughout the state uh, are concerned and have remained concerned for some time about the over dependence on, on sales tax dollars to, to meet their basic operating needs. And uh, I, I hope we can continue to have those discussions and get some help from the legislature where, where we need to do that.
0: Good, good. I'm going to jump back and get another uh, question from uh, Citizen. Um, critics have raised questions about transparency, especially regarding budget allocations for TIF-related projects. How does the city plan to ensure transparency and open communication with the public throughout the TIF district implementation? Yeah.
1: As I mentioned, I believe a little while ago, the, the meetings of the TIF review committee and the city council are open to the public. These will be public meetings, the members of the public will be invited to ask questions at appropriate times. We want to make sure those questions are answered, and we will be proactive in uh, letting people know when these meetings are, what the agendas are, what the topics of discussions are. Any maps for proposed TIF districts will be available to the people to see, not just in large geographic areas, but parcel by parcel they'll be able to, to see and identify what is being uh, recommended if that's the direction the, the committee decides to go. Okay. But transparency is, is very important to all of us.
0: Okay. Um, well, and, you know, that word's been used a lot, and I'm glad it has been. And I can just, well, this is probably another po- podcast too, but I think we, the EDC can do a better job going forward. We've made some changes with our contract with the chick Industrial Authority, and we want to continue to, to do everything we can to work with the CIA and the city, submit all of our checks, all of our information, mm-hmm. so that the citizens can see where are we spending our money, what are we doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we submit that on a monthly basis so that's that information as it goes to the CIA is, is subject to open records. Because I, I agree, I, I'm also a proponent of, um, I'm biased, but I, I see what we're doing And I want everybody to know what we're doing. I don't want it to be a a, a secret. So, uh, but along those lines, here's here's just another question from um, some of the ones that were put out there. Um, Will the city, um, will there be any restrictions on who can do developments within a TIF district or who could receive uh, TIF funds as reimbursement for their developments?
1: I don't see any restriction on, on who can participate. Um, obviously, there are ethical considerations of uh, who's got relationships that may require disclosure or abstention in a vote or some other reason. Um, but I'm not aware of any limitation on, on who can participate other than that.
0: OK. Um. One more question. Uh, In a TIF district, the improvements that are made with tax dollars will make all properties in the TIF district have higher property taxes. What would that do to small businesses in the district that are already struggling with operating costs in this economy? Would we be sacrificing those businesses for the sake of the investors? So I guess when they're saying, um, if, if, if a TIF district comes in And more development comes in then the value of the property goes up
1: Um, now who who determines the value of the property is that the county the county assessor is responsible for that and presumably just because the value of your property goes up the levy rate assessed against that property may or may not go up That that would require probably a a discussion amongst county commissioners and perhaps a vote of the taxpayers but it, that, that's that's not uh, that, that is something that the assessor assigns the value to a parcel.
0: It seems like I had heard that the county can only increase your assessment of your property by a I don't know is it five percent? There's or, a there's a limitation. There, there's but there's I'm a not limit. Sure, what that is. Yeah. So is. in other words, you can't go from paying ten thousand dollars in property taxes on your commercial building to fifty thousand dollars in two years or whatever. Right. I think they it, you know there's a maximum amount that can right. increase that. Does it?
1: I believe there is a maximum amount, and uh, assessors typically have to gauge that based on the market value of that property. Uh, they can't cut deals or create favors for their friends. So uh, whatever the market value of that property is, that's where the assessor has to base their uh, property tax assessment on. And if you're, if the value of your property has gone up, then presumably your taxes that you're paying and on a cash basis probably go up a little bit with that as well
0: if a TIF district is implemented does this take away from the amount of money the city would be spending on uh, police and emergency services
1: no completely separate parts of the budget Uh, those are operating expenses for police and fire Uh, now I will say there are some significant capital requirements that our law enforcement community and and public safety Department's need and we are working on those currently. We've uh, received some uh, American Rescue Plan Act ARPA funds in the past that we are using to uh, shore up some capital needs in our law enforcement and police departments, but uh, we will uh, Continue to fund the operations of those at their current and in actually increase levels
0: so is it a stretch for those that are proponents of a TIF to say with the TIF district, if you have more businesses coming in and it makes your community more viable, I think everybody's excited about Chick-fil-A opening up soon, okay? I know I am. Um, If those new businesses that come in because of the TIF district, if it makes your community more viable and more people decide to live here and they buy a house and it's not in the TIF district, because TIF districts are very small and well-defined, okay? It's not like the whole city is in a TIF district. Um, that home that they just bought or just built, well, it's not subject to any, any, you know, increment financing. So that just, all those just flows into the school systems and helps the city.
1: Right. And and the overall uh, levy rate or or tax rate is not going to be any different within the, the TIF district as it is outside of the TIF district. In other words, if you had a home in the TIF district, uh, the, the only impact is where that, uh, incremental, tax value goes whether it goes directly to the, the county or the school district or comes to the, the city um, during that that tiff period but the uh, tax rate per dollar value of home doesn't change for those that are outside of the tiff district
0: so as we get close to winding this up uh, keith What do you hope citizens understand about what the city is considering in terms of a TIF district? What have we not talked about that you think it's important that all the citizens know?
1: I I think we've talked about them. Uh, Some of it gets a little technical and it's easy to get into the weeds on these kinds of subjects. But I I think one, the realization that we need to improve our infrastructure. Uh, A couple weeks ago, we had a concrete truck back here behind the Chamber of Commerce building laying on its side with a full load of concrete that uh, was created as, a, as a, because of a sinkhole underneath the, the alleyway. We had a collapsed sewer line that over time, dirt had infiltrated that sewer line and washed out. It was invisible to people, but it became apparent when a cement truck, getting ready to pour some sidewalk and, and foundation, uh, drove over it and fell into that, that sinkhole. That's a bit of an ext- uh, extraordinary example But we know we have places in our uh, infrastructure that need serious repair. We have pipes that are old, cracked and broken, and uh, it's a constant battle to keep up with the infrastructure needs just to keep things operating. Uh, Brandy's as as an example, when they opened up uh, a great addition to the downtown business community, had some problems with their drainage and sewer drainage in their facility right after they opened. We ended up having to craft a new uh, drain pipe across first street to uh, remediate that problem those are consistent constant problems that we have I I mentioned earlier the the uh, fire suppression systems we don't have adequate fire suppression out at the fairgrounds right now those are some ideas or or things that we need to realize first is that we've got some serious uh, infrastructure problems that we need to address Secondly, that the TIF is not a foregone conclusion. It is a tool that we're considering of being able to use to help address some of those infrastructure needs. And uh, it's early in the process, as this committee formulates, as we start to have meetings and have discussions around this idea, that will determine our, our next step going forward, and then ultimately the city council will have to weigh in and decide, yes, we're going to do this, or no, we're not, and here's the reasons why. And uh, the public needs to be engaged all along that process so I'm hopeful that uh, that process goes well that people will participate and engage and we can reach a a collective decision that's best for the city of Chickasha
0: very good are you ready for some breaking news I am. I want, to reward all, I want to reward all the people that have listened to this entire podcast. Because like you said, this is there's a lot here. But the reason we're doing this is try to get this information out. So all of you that made it to the very end of this podcast, I've got some breaking news for you. Here we are just a few days before Thanksgiving. Uh, today, a local businesswoman, she owns her own business, um, she came by to see me. She shared some news and she said, Jim, you have to wait till this. I, I can release this myself, uh, but it'll happen with the next few weeks. She will be recognized nationally uh, by a national TV program. And it's, gonna, it's, it's, it's just a fantastic story. Awesome. And so when I heard this breaking news that, that one of our local uh, lady business owners uh, is going to be recognized nationally, Um, I gave her a hug. I was so excited. I want to do everything I can to help her. We want to get the word out when all this is, when she releases it to to everyone. And I walked upstairs to Cassie Poole, our marketing director at the chamber. And I said, you know that fence down at six and Chickasha and it says Chickasha, good things happen here. I was like, you know, when you put that out there in the universe, maybe a little corny, but I believe that kind of, those are just good things to put out there and say, good things happen here. Uh, we got another guy in the community that is now kind of we're becoming his second home, if you will. in Chet hit, and he likes to use the phrase, you know, make it a good day. I don't know what all the city council is going to do. I think they're going to do due diligence. They're going to look at all this information. They're, you know, they have such tough decisions. You've got an incredibly difficult job uh, to help, you know, facilitate and make all this happen. Um, but as we approach Thanksgiving, I'm thankful for the city of Chickasha the job that you guys do a lot of what you do is a lot more tip related where there's a lot of people that want to know you don't get all those you know accolades and pats on the sure. back but as we approach Thanksgiving thank you for what you and the city of Chickasha does um thank you to the parks department for the role they play in the festival of light and making it successful but really just thankful and um thank you for the role that the city plays in making sure that as we look at Chickasha in the future, we can all make it a great day. So make it a great day, Keith.
1: I will certainly do that. Thank you. I appreciate your taking the time to let us get a little of this information out. I'm thankful for the city of Chickasha and all it's uh, benefited uh, me and my family uh, since we've been here. There's a lot to be proud of. You you see what's going on in the world outside of Chickasha, Oklahoma. uh, It's pretty troubling sometimes. So I am, I'm proud to be part of a city that, people want to work together there's so many good folks here that really want to make a difference and do the right thing and it's a, it's a great place to call home
0: thank you